Ah, ladies and gentlemen, it has been too long, but as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And uh, after a 14-plus day hiatus, I am back with my beloved co-host, Mr. Jess Stemek, who is on the other line. Boat, it is really good to be back with you, my friend. It, did we did we miss anything the last couple weeks? Not much. Not much. A little golf here and there, some other stuff going on. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it's crazy that did I think we had Scottsdale, you know, right after we talked about our awesome Scottsdale preview on our last podcast. Yeah. We had quite a tournament down there. Actually, uh, our good buddy John Morris was down there uh, getting absolutely housed with a couple of his college buddies all weekend. Said it was an even <laughs> bigger shit show than it was the year before that. So that was excellent to hear. Um, Perfect. Yeah, man. Just stuff Stuff is happening. We, we are in the middle of the West Coast swing and. Uh, we, you know, we got probably one of our our favorite West Coast Swing tournament coming up this weekend at, at a golf course and a facility that uh, you are probably more familiar with than most people that I get to talk to. So I'm excited to uh, to chat with you about that. Um, but shoot, man, I think we just got to jump right into it. Um, we got a bunch of news items to hit. Uh, but before we jump in there, you know, without going too far off the rails, um, how, how are you recovering from the football contest that took place in Miami on Sunday? You know, it, uh, boy, we look good there, uh, for, <laughs> for three quarters and then, uh, execution, play calling Patrick Mahomes, uh, that cocktail didn't go down too well. That, uh, yeah, that kind of put a damper on things. Yeah. Not, uh, 52 exceptional minutes from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, undone by Patrick Mahomes in a matter of about five minutes. That was that was he's pretty not, good. He's a special talent. He's really good. And you know what's crazy though is like I I don't actually I I was not nearly as heartbroken after the game as I like this was that was probably and again this seems crazy but to me that was like the fourth most heartbreaking loss the Niners have had in the last decade. I honestly thought that all three of the Harbaugh era losses hit me harder than this one because. At least this year, the team we lost to is pretty much filled with likable guys. You know, I, I think as far as like yeah. a, a team to lose to, I feel like because the Chiefs have so many characters that I actually enjoy rooting for, it did make the 49ers losing a little more palatable. Did, I don't know. Is, is that just me? I took the Ravens' loss really hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was that was a that was a rough Monday morning. That one. Um, see, that, to me, that one hurt more than this one did. Yeah, that one hurt. This one was disappointing, um, because they they did play pr- pretty well, and they I don't know. I mean, everyone's you know we're all Monday morning quarterbacks. I don't know why they went away from the run. I don't know if it was Shanahan proving that he can uh, you know pass the ball effectively with uh, with Garoppolo. I don't know if that was like a little chip on his shoulder, uh, a hangover from three years ago when they blew the twenty eight to three lead. You know, like like I can continue to throw the ball in the fourth quarter and, and second half and win these games and um regard it, it, yeah I have to admit I have not rewatched the game so I could be I don't think I want to yeah I mean I could be pulling a Mark McGuire and misremembering here but I it seemed like all of their outside you know running plays were working so well all the all the jet sweeps outside zone and then it seemed like in that fourth quarter whatever running plays they they ran it was just inside that they're just running right into the line i just you know a couple i mean those debo samuel you know jet sweeps were working awesome 
in the first half. I was I was surprised yeah, that we didn't get to see any of those of... in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I know that was. Uh... Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, I I, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't want to bring up something so painful to to you know get us in a get us in a cheery mood for the podcast. But I I did. I felt like I needed your thoughts before we start, just to kind of see what sort of a headspace we were operating with. Ugh, rough. All right. Yeah. No, that was. <laughs> onto onto a brighter note, Mister Boat. Um, while while we we're gone over the last couple of weeks, my guy, Jeff Shackelford, broke some news. Uh, about a yeah. new golf league, uh, I believe the PGL, the premier golf league. Um, uh, so th- this is something that has been supposedly in the works for a number of years. Um, and, you know, obviously the news broke about a week and a half ago, so we're a little late on this. But uh, I did want to touch on it because I think it's absolutely fascinating. I've been a huge critic of the PGA Tour in that it is kind of repetitive you know, in a sense of I just I don't yeah. know if I need to see 40, 72 hole stroke play events a year. And what what are your initial thoughts? You know, I I, I could share more information with you. I, I think by this point, by the time people are listening to this podcast, they're all pretty familiar with what's going on. But it's essentially a tour uh, supposedly funded by the Saudi government. Well, that, that's exciting. Um, yeah. That would basically they're claiming would be a complement to the European tour and the PGA tour um, as it would offer golf you know professional golf to only the top 48 players in the world um but then would be have a team element to it it would probably incorporate some more uh different formats in terms of match play and stuff like that um boat i I just kind of want your initial thoughts brother what what, what were your thoughts when you uh when you first heard this news being broken by none other than jeffrey shackleford i you know I, i like the team format like we we talk about um but they might have just poked the bear um the uh, the PGA Tour doesn't want their top players leaving to go play in Europe. No. Um. So I I saw Monahan came out with a real firm statement as he should. Um. You know we saw Phil played with their uh, supposed leaders of the organization in the in the pro am in uh, Saudi Arabia where he finished I think third. Um doesn't surprise me that phil could possibly be involved uh, as he's you know coming coming down the home stretch and has said that he doesn't want to play on the champions tour yet yeah because uh, he's still hitting bombs he he uh, is he is still activating at an, an incredible rate yeah, so i don't probably, probably don't know enough uh, specifics to really give a full take on it yet um I don't know time of year. Like, will there, what, what will it overlap? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and how much money will they be playing for to lure these top American players to Saudi Arabia? Um, it would have to be a lot of money. Sure. Sure. And, and, and from what I understand so far about, um, it's, it's not necessarily going to be that the, a lot of these tournaments are going to be taking place, you know, just in Saudi Arabia. Apparently it's going to be somewhat of a world tour. I know, um, like I had read that they were looking at making the Australian Open, for example, part of the PGA, PGL schedule. That, I mean, that's a tournament that's been around and been contested for, you know, a hundred plus years. Uh, it used to have a lot of gravitas uh, in terms of the top players all over the world coming to compete in it. And um, you know, over over the past you know decade plus, it has lost a little bit of its uh, you know a little bit of its shine. And you know, they want to do things like basically incorporate that tournament 
into its schedule. So possibly use some existing tournaments, incorporate them into the PGL schedule, create some new tournaments, and have them kind of across, you know, a few different continents. So basically have tournaments contested in Australia, some in Europe, some in the States, um, mix it all up. I believe they said they're going to try to play for a 10 to $12 million purse for each tournament. Um, which again, between how, many, guys, how many tournaments did they say? I think, I think initially they were talking about doing 18 a year and then that number went back to 10, 10 to sure. but right. then I heard that the number might have gone back to 18, but to me anyway, I mean, it seems like a lot more feasible, idea at 10 tournaments a year because at least then you're not stepping on you know other tournaments toes for you know a quarter plus of the golf season you know well didn't monahan say something along the lines if you join uh that then your 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 card is gone on our tour true jay michael corleone monahan uh has basically put his foot down and says bitch don't cross me i will end yeah i mean yeah um obviously you know there's some wealthy saudi businessman or royal family that's you know putting up this money um but the pga tour which is comprised of a ton of tours Mm -hmm. um that's a big bear yeah that's a it's a really big bear uh when you know uh, I think they just they just hit the three billion dollar uh, charitable donation mark. That um, they give to so many so many areas, cities, uh, foundations, um, charities. This this would this could affect everyone, not just the golf fans. Right. You know what I mean. Say if this thing were to take off um, and you know, those, those donation numbers would go down for the PGA tour events that affects everyone. And there's global partners involved. It's not just American businesses that sponsor these tournaments on the PGA tour. So, I mean, this could really in effect be be like a a snowball uh, type type deal where if, um, if it were to get ugly, then so that's, we know why Jay Monahan really took a bold stance, which he should. Yeah. They're a well-oiled machine right now. There's, they they don't want anything coming in to just. They got a pretty good monopoly going. The European doer does a great job, but uh, that's why their top players play on our tour and our top players don't play on their tour. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So it's yeah. I I just hope they don't poke the big bear because <laughs> it's it's a great thing. The PGA Tour is a great organization. Sure. Well, okay, so I, I guess here's okay. Here, here's a question I'll you know, I'll pose to you. What in your mind would be the most optimal outcome? Would it be that this PGL actually, you know, happens and that somehow, some way, they find a way to work with the PGA Tour? Maybe they only have eight to ten events a year. And I think that's, that's the only way it works because they're not going to be able to go up against the PGA Tour, right? But I mean, so but here's here's the other you know scenario is that. This scares the PGA Tour so badly, and it you know it at least forces them to acknowledge the fact that golf fans want, um, and and not just golf fans, but it would be better for the game as a whole to start you know adding a larger variety of tournaments in terms of formats and venues and things like that. Would it be better to, like I said, have it work in conjunction and cooperation with the PGA Tour, where they have a handful of events a year, or 
that this ultimately forces the PGA Tour to change and where the PGL doesn't exist, but the PGA Tour itself changes quite a bit to have more team, you know, have a team component for part of the year and, and the, other things like that. The uh, I think the PGA Tour maybe has an actual off season and starts their own. Oh my gosh, it sounds so great. And, and has and starts their own team team typey uh, event system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a quarter, you know, an every year Olympics type deal. But it's you're not playing for your country. You're playing for three of your buddies that also played at the University of Georgia. You have sure. your team. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it more as we see in the ratings. Team events get the people going. Absolutely. Uh, team, team, team golf, we all want to see more team events. You, you, hey, Boat, you coach a golf team. Like, yeah. team, team golf is the shit, man. Like, I, I, it's great. I mean, play, playing for our, you know, our high school golf team, still to this day, and granted, maybe this is an indictment of how sad my life is, but to me, those, those are still some of the best memories of my entire life, man. I loved sure, playing you're team traveling, golf. traveling, you're not paying for anything, you get to play sweet golf Dude. courses and... Yeah, I mean team golf. It's, right. Yeah, I mean t- team sports in general. There's just nothing quite like it, and team golf is no exception to that rule, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, I-, I think you hit the nail on the head. If the PGA Tour could ever realize that there is this thing called supply and demand, yeah, and when there's too much supply, the demand goes down. Uh, I mean, an off season for people to actually get recharged and get excited about watching golf again, uh, it- even if that was the only thing that came out of this, I'd still call that a win. Yeah. Oh man, it would be awesome. I- in your in your opinion, what would be the ideal off season for golf? You talk just like September to December, or like a October through February kind of situation. I, I mean, I always like the idea of getting started in Hawaii, but I think maybe hey, maybe instead of going up against football in the playoffs, maybe start you know like the third or fourth week in January, not New Year's week. You know what I mean? But you got to stop making so much sense. People, people that get way, really then upset when, when you, when you you're, say you're like only that. then the you know this uh, uh, waste management. You know, hey, end on a Saturday. God, so... <sighs> end on a Saturday. That is a really. Good, I mean, something tells me that all the people that, that are go, there would also I, enjoy I watching the Super nice. Bowl. But that promotes. I mean, there was some meme I saw where like, can you imagine some of these guys that were like at the waste management and then got in an Uber and went to the bottled blonde in Scottsdale and tried to watch the, they're not remembering the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> they're not remembering the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a nice lead up. We were uh, watching the golf and it's like, you know, there's the, 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 uh, the pregame show for the Super Bowl. You want to hear what those, those old past champions and Titans are talking about. And, um, you know, I think, it ended on Saturday. That would be like the perfect lead up. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's just it. It just it seems so crazy that they just have to have these tournaments Thursday through Sunday. It's like we were talking about last time with those, you know, those Hawaii tournaments. Man, make those things Monday through Thursday. Give people. It's it's, it's an attendance thing too. Uh, uh, places like that, destination places, you could get away with doing a Monday through Thursday because. It's a vacation for people. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, that and the Sony, you could 100% get away with doing Monday through Thursday, but just started a little bit later. Um, but just kind of, yeah, I just, I, I would like to see, you know, because in most of the states, the go- the weather, golfing weather is still pretty good, like through mid-October. Mm-hmm. So, you know, give them the rest of October. 
and until the second or third week in, in January. That's the offseason. And if you if you got some guys like Sung JM who wants to play 70 events in a year, then let them. There's let, let there be an avenue for these guys who are maybe looking to get some starts in coming off an injury or shake away some rust or shake away some bad final starts. Then you have these team events or, um, you know, uh, keep the, keep the nationwide tour or the corn Ferry tour, have their finish go longer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of avenues they can, they can try and explore. Um, but I think, I mean, how many events are on the PGA tour? Is it 50? I mean, I, I don't think it's 50, but shit, it, it's, it's not that far off. I know it's a lot. Um, yeah, it's, and, well, if you count the if you count the opposite field events, too. Oh, yeah, um, okay. If you count opposite field events, then yeah, it, it, it's damn close to 50. So, I mean, yeah, a little bit of an offseason, that'll – and like I said, you know, maybe you start small. Maybe it's, maybe it's five of these team events. You know what I mean? Five of these Premier League things where it's a whole different scoring system. And if they catch fire – then let it grow. Yes. They don't have to be four day events. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, two or three day events. Uh, let some young guys maybe get hot and win one of them. Um, so I, I'm up for it. Yeah. I think that we just, we just want to be entertained and um, yeah, I, I do agree that, you know, sometimes maybe events get kind of skipped over just because it's like all right last week was a huge event and the week after this one is a big event like no one's gonna no one's gonna watch this on tv yeah you know what i mean and these sponsors when they get slotted like that could possibly eliminate some of the some of the lower lower events feeling like the ugly ugly stepchild on tour as far as events go right where the where the ratings show that hmm now I have a couple more questions because the team concept thing I find to be so fascinating. It's so awesome. Me too. Me too. Do you think that it could ever work where you could do team golf in the same manner that other American professional sports do in that, you know, each team has a quote unquote home base or like a home course and that they they play like individual matches kind of throughout the season. And then the two teams with the best record would go head to head at a neutral site. Or do you think it's, a lot more realistic to have just like, you know, a couple events set up at certain locations where all the teams show up and play together. If they wanted to do something like that, like a, like a Warriors versus Brooklyn, yeah, where it's going to be, you know, Scottsdale versus Orlando. And it's going to be on TV. It's going to air at, you know, 6 PM to 8 PM on Thursday and Friday night or Friday and Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Then I think you got a winner. Yeah. yeah and I, I think, you know, there's so many of these new networks that, and, and the streaming things where it's the PGA Tour live thing. Um, that would be really cool. God. We should probably be. That would be really cool. I, I think we should probably be deputy commissioners to Mr. Monahan, but I, I think I think that would really be very beneficial for the PGA Tour. They wouldn't be dealing with this kind of stuff. That would um, be cool. I know the one, one last thing I'm going to touch on here, Boat, before we'll move on. Uh, I was just going to read, because uh, we were talking about how Monaghan uh, is handling all this. So here I'm going to read you a couple of tweets from uh, Neil Schuster, uh, more commonly known as Tron Carter from No Laying Up. Uh, this mm-hmm. is back on January 27th. He said, uh, also, uh, email went out from Jay Monahan to PGA Tour members earlier this afternoon regarding the new world tour. In my opinion, the tone, substance, struck an appropriate tone 
confident without being overly dismissive, drew a line in the sand that they'll enforce the current regulations and even beef them up if necessary to keep players on the tour. It also acknowledges that the Team Golf concept recently secured funding from Saudi interests and are offering potentially large financial guarantees to the 12-player owners of teams. If I'm the commish, I write Tiger a check for $100 million out out of the new TV deal and call it a day and make some other structural changes to cut the other big names in on the bigger piece of the pie, ensuring the new TV deal focuses sustainability on improving the product and eventually purchases the Euro Tour. Monaghan needs to use this existential threat as a way to force the tour to evolve. Very much agree with that last part. I, I think, if anything, if it forces the PGA Tour to evolve, I think it's better for golf fans all over North America. So the hopes of this Premier League is to overtake the European Tour. Did I hear that correctly? Uh, I don't. It's, the, the statements that have come out said they want to work with the European Tour and the PGA Tour. But the, the thing is, if they're trying to lure like the top 50 players in the world, it just it just doesn't seem possible. It, it doesn't seem like they can get the top 50 players in the world on this separate tour without... Maybe this is uh, Saudi Arabia trying to flex too. You know, being part of the the Emirates, uh, obviously in in the Middle East, yeah. all of our, all of your marquee events are here in Dubai. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Hope that's and the there's a ton of growth. Uh, you, that that course where Phil and Dustin finished third last week, mm-hmm. it's literally a golf course, and then there's like one one uh, housing complex. And their Sounds plans like so to their plans to grow is like it looks ridiculous. Like I think there's like it's a blank check, basically, is is what the announcers were saying, hmm. as far as what they're going to do developing. Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I I do find it to be absolutely. It, it, it is a story that I have been. It would make sense because all of those European tour players are like, wait, I can go play, I can go play in this new league and get guaranteed three mil a year. Yeah, exactly. And that's that sounds part. great to a middle of the road European tour player. Right, three million dollars a year sounds great to a bottom tier PGA Tour player, but I don't think these this new league is going after middle of the tier players. They are not. Uh, the top guys on tour, American or European, laugh at guaranteed three or four million dollars a year. I mean, if it was guaranteed fifteen to twenty, then maybe you're maybe you're cooking with, well, with a guaranteed fifteen to twenty. I you'd get every top player because I mean I, I think it's still to the point where the the top money earners on the PGA but Tour. You, you look at how much these guys make year, off the, off the course too. That would affect that if yeah. they leave the PGA Tour and they're not on CBS and NBC. Then that would affect how much they make off the course, yeah. which is for some of those players more than they make on the course. Sure, sure, yeah. I think like Ricky Fowler. I mean, the human ATM. Uh, I, I don't think he's going anywhere <laughs> unless no. it's substantial. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. Um, His commercials are so great. But you texted me about a new Ricky Fowler commercial that I have not seen yet. What, what am I missing? They put him in full uh, full caddy outfit, beard, uh, the bib and everything. And I he, like that. He's out there reading putts and telling, uh, showing people how to stretch. He's like, yeah, you got to get this one and then you know, show a little upper thigh. It always helps. You know, get the upper thigh. And then, and then one of the guys is like, you want to hit one? And he goes, wow, you've got a really nice swing. He goes, thanks, man. And uh, then finally, uh, he was at the end. He's like, yeah. And his his name was uh, Richard Flowers. 
It was funny. Good, good for you, uh, farmers. Pretty good Ricky, stuff. Ricky, he's he's so charismatic. He did a great job. Uh, Ricky, Ricky is phenomenal. I, yep. uh, I, is, I hope this is the year. I'm, I got my fingers crossed, man. I just, Me too. I love Ricky. I, I would. Just, he deserves it. Uh, absolutely, brother. All right. Enough of this Premier Golf League talk. Let's go on to another super, you know, grand meta, you know, macro uh, golf topic here, Boat. Um, the United States Golf Association and the Royal and Ancient Golf Association uh, just released a report on their findings on how distance is affecting the game of golf and how viable it is for the health of the future of golf. And uh, they consulted with their good friend Captain Fucking Obvious and <laughs> found out that uh, this continuing trend of uh, professional golfers hitting the ball farther and farther and farther is unsustainable. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Um, I it's just, I mean, for most of us that follow this kind of stuff, boat this has seemed absurdly obvious for years and years and years. The fact that they're now having to consider building eight thousand yard golf courses, you know, yeah. taking up you know more land, more resources to you know keep these golf courses looking great. It's just, it seems so crazy to me. And uh, I don't know, man. Were were you surprised by the reaction that the golf world had? You know the, the I guess the more average you know golfers being like oh I can't believe they say they don't want us to hit us as far. I, I hope they don't put restrictions on the on the on the golf balls I play. <laughs> yeah, because <right. laughs> I will I will go through my closet and I will find those two thousand one Pro V ones <laughs> that had the seam where if you seamed it up yeah you seem to get an extra eight to ten. I will go closet digging. And break out those old 2001 Pro Vs. Yeah. Um, now, are those not allowed yeah. anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I think they probably are. Um, <laughs> you go, uh, you know, a perfect example is when I was at TPC Scottsdale. Um, and I'm trying to remember back to when I was hitting it my furthest with my irons and, and my driver. Pro- I'd say probably maybe two years after college. And uh, I just remember looking back to some of those. Uh, pro tees at Scottsdale going god I, I, what, what did i used to hit if i if there was no wind and i smothered i'm like yeah no those guys are hitting it 40 yards further for if on a 479 yard par four if i buttered one you know i'm maybe hitting six or seven iron in if i if, if it's ideal conditions mm-hmm. right these guys are hitting wedge in it's like what it's not the same and it's way. And it's effortless. I mean, granted, technology has come a long way since 2008 where there weren't as many shaft options. Now they're saying that launching higher is better, and that wasn't the case up until recently. You know what I mean? Um, So it's there's so many more different balls to choose from. The golf ball technology is a ton better. But, yeah, I mean – what was it? What was it last time when it was uh, have a set of rules for the pros and then a set of rules for the amateurs? Maybe when they're talking about, um, oh, anchoring the putter. If I'm at, Kyle, if if I work fifty hours a week in an office, I should be allowed to go out and feel like I'm not breaking any rules if I anchor a putter. I would you know what I mean. Agree. <laughs> I mean, let's not go turning people away. Um, for 99.9% of the people that play golf, the sport is hard enough as it is. Yeah. These guys aren't hitting 
400 balls a day and working out and seeing a trainer and getting massages and meeting with their swing coach and their mental coach and their, their putting coach. I mean, this is, this is, um, yeah. USGA is just, uh, what did Phil say? Did you see Phil's quote? I did not. We're the only professional organization that is run in in the oversee, you know, the people that OC oversee golf is run by amateurs. Right. <laughs> the only governing body run by amateurs for our professional sport. So, I never even thought about it like that. That is crazy. It's, I mean, very that, fascinating. It, 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 I mean, it, it may be the time to where the PGA has their own set of rules. Oh yeah, you oh, know what I mean for sure. I mean, honestly, man, my, I, I have, I mean, I, I think you and I have talked about this on this very podcast uh, multiple times. But I, I'm a huge, you know, proponent of bifurcation. Like I, I think. The guys on the PGA Tour and in the professional ranks should have a different set of rules, uh, not so much in terms of the you know the rules of golf, but different here's, restrictions on the equipment that they use. Here's a perfect of, example, yeah, Kyle. Go ahead. Lies in a bunker or a fairway. If you're in a divot, a pro who spends eight to ten hours a day working should be able to finagle that ball out of that divot somewhere up by the green. Mm-hmm. Joe Schmo coming out of the cubicle to get in a late nine should not have to be forced to try and get that ball out of a divot. Yeah. Or if his, or if his ball plug, plugs in the sand. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. Um, the pros, they, they can do it because they've been there before and they practice it. Uh, you know, you get these poor guys, you know, that like a guy came out today. He's like, hey, I still, still have time for 18. I'm like, it's 245, guys. <laughs> I'm like, you know, let's let's lock you into nine. That way you're not feeling rushed. Um, it's cheaper. He's like, you know what? That makes a ton of sense. Why would I try? Thank you. You know what I mean? Um, separate set of rules, Kyle. Let the amateurs enjoy it and let the pros grind. Yeah, I could not agree. Could not agree more. And, you know, getting back to the distance thing, like, I mean, do you the, the stuff I've seen so far has involved a lot of like, how do we fix it? Well, you know, now that they've spent all this time coming up with a distance report, they now say they need a, a year to start uh, coming up with any kinds of solutions, even though people have been thinking of, you know, ways to fix this for over a decade now. So I'm not. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks that they're dragging, you know, they're going to be dragging their feet as much as they, uh, you know, as they're going to be. But, um, yeah, man, I, I think, you know, a different set of rules, but really, dude, the equipment, I mean, most of the people, especially Jack Nicholas, he's been on this uh, for a while, but. He thinks it's as simple as just rolling the golf ball back and then kind of keeping everything else the same, but basically just, you know, having a golf ball just for the pros that goes, you know, that's 10, the 10% easiest, rest. easiest fix. Yeah. You think so? And then we'll be able to be like, oh, you know what? I hit that same shot and I use the same club. You watch you guys, hit, you know, hit it on TV. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost like almost a bummer. When a guy steps up and grabs a six iron from two twenty, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, why would I practice? I'm never going to be nearly, and that's you know, it could be disparaging for the younger kids too. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, it's trying that that would help. And and Jack has had a few good ideas. Jack, Jack, Jack is a sharp (laughs) dude. Play it forward, Matt Janella. Uh, they took away his blue check mark on Twitter just because he doesn't technically work for the golf channel anymore. But I saw one of his tweets where he just he honey holes it and he goes sixty five hundred to sixty seven hundred. Anything longer, I can't, I can't, 
compete in my own eyes. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm with him, man. I, uh, I go play a seven. None of us are out there to prove anything anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just go have fun. Maybe we'll get some some more people to the golf courses. Some some more people that have kids. Who knows? If Joe Schmo starts playing a little bit more, maybe his eight year old son. Hey, Dad, can I come with you to the golf course? Maybe there's a little bit of that, Kyle. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. So I the the what is it? Bifurcate bifurcation? How do you say it? Uh, bifurcate. Yeah, yeah, bifurcation. You can just say bi. You, you, you want to buy for it? Buy to the f. Uh, that <laughs> that stuff. Uh, just makes too much sense. Start with a golf ball for the pros. And it's it, none, none, none of these amateurs, unless you're a top-level amateur player, is getting into a tour department where you've got this engineer, literally an engineer, going, uh, this is the one for you. Like, you can do that at Club Champion, but you got to pay like $400, right. right, to go get professionally fitted. Amateur guy's not going to do that. No. They don't have time. The amateurs hopefully work for a living. Um, I love it, Jack. Just give them their own golf ball. Yeah, seems simple to me, doesn't it? it? I mean, that the golf ball is far and away the most simple fix to this. Um, I, I guess my question would then be: Would the tour golf ball be available to the masses? If they wanted to play the restricted flight ball that the pros would be using, if they can, absolutely. Yeah, I, I figure like why not? You're going to have the cocky guys that play the tips that shouldn't be buying the heck out of those golf balls. Good, I hope they do, and I hope if I get to, anything, I hope I get this to play would probably them. make the club companies more money, Kyle. Oh, you mean a whole other line of products to sell? Yeah. Oh, is that good? I'm seeing a whole other line uh, tournament possibilities at your local club. Come beat someone with a pro ball. God, that sounds awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds amazing. I and on top of that, you can only carry 10 clubs. Oh. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to keep the enjoyment level and excitement levels up. I think Jack's on to something. Jack's mm-hmm. a really smart guy. Go Bucks. Yeah, go Bucks. All right. Uh, from the distance report, from page 34 of the report, I'm, I'm going to read you a little something here for we boat, okay? Yep. Uh, the performance of golf balls has changed significantly over the last 25 years, with many of those changes contributing directly to hitting distance increases. The most significant change in golf balls in this period has been the replacement of the wound core golf balls used since the early 1900s with the multi-layer solid core balls that are ubiquitous today. Multi-layer solid construction golf balls is not a new innovation, but many golfers continued to use wound golf balls until as late as the beginning of the 2000s. Typically, multi-layer solid core balls spin considerably less than wound core balls at typical driver impact angles. This is an important factor for driver shot distance because decreases in spin can directly contribute to increases in distance. Uh, So then the question becomes, is it just as, well... Hey, pros, guess what? You get to use wound core balls again. Here's, I just thought of something funny. <laughs> Go ahead. You want to continue to use today's golf ball? You have to use these wedges that don't have any grooves. <laughs> Your nine iron and everything else has grooves. Your wedge does not have grooves. Oh, I love it. 
that (laughs) 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 oh that is incredible Uh, you know i i gotta tell you man like for me those guys would probably be playing the hole as a dog leg versus just blowing it through the dog leg god damn if if their wedge didn't have any grooves just thought just a thought. Yeah, I mean, and, and on top of that, I mean, this gets back to me being a little bit more of a nerd here, but uh, I, I was reading a, a quote from Padraig Harrington, who was like, you know, listen to me, because like, Padraig Harrington started playing professional golf, I think, early, early to mid-90s, yeah. right? So he, he's, he, his entire career has basically spanned the, the boom in this, you know, the growth of distance. Yeah, uh, him and Phil. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, they, they've, you know, they, they have played on tour. I mean, Tiger, I guess, as well. I mean, they, they've... Well, Tiger had the... Uh, Tiger's not a good example, because, like, when he came out... Because he hits the well, ball so far anyway. He had that little-headed King Cobra, but, like, a year later, he had the 975D with uh, the steel shaft in it, sure. where he was, you know... Um, Pumping it. Yeah. The... It's so funny. I saw an old 975D, and the deep-ass grooves cover the whole face. <laughs> I, I showed it to one of my high school players who works at the course. I was like, this was my first big headed driver. He's like, this looks like my three wood. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, so funny. Do, do you off the, off the top of your head, do you know how many CCs that 975D was? Like uh, I want to say it was, uh, let's see. I want to say it was right around 300. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Because uh, shortly after that, they came out with like the TaylorMade 300, 320, and 360, and the uh, okay. 360 was the big boy. Yep. Uh, so I, if I had to guess, I'd say it was like 300, maybe 300 and change. Um, so funny though, just. And then they just started getting a little bit bigger. I think the first really big headed one was probably the Ping IS IST or ISI, yeah. whatever that ISI, one was, whatever, the, the yeah. goofy the goofy one. Mm-hmm. Um. And then from there it was it was four sixty. Let's get it on. Yeah, I guess I know. I probably should have done some research before we started recording this podcast. But was four sixty CCs always the max? Because it's it, I find it surprising that they wouldn't have just it made it that big a long time. Always, ago. always the max. Huh? It's so strange. Like personally, it, for me, if it if, if I was Jay Monahan or, or you know somebody who had the authority and the power to actually bifurcate, I should and say come up with some rules. Always the max recently. I don't know like if, if in 1995 it was the max. Okay, I got you. Per- personally, if it was up to me, 220cc max on all woods for the PGA Tour. It was Sorry. great. So, like, I remember I uh, accidentally, <laughs> air quotes, uh, <laughs> snapped a shaft on my 975D, and I, was, I, I, I did it. I go, all right, you know what? You messed up. You don't get a brand new shaft tomorrow. And I went back to my old Warbird. How did that go? <laughs> Fantastic! I didn't need a free wood. I get hit that thing, hit that thing off the turf so easy compared to the bigger head drivers. But oh. um, yeah, I mean, it's just the bigger head made everything so much easier to get the ball airborne. I mean, with those Warbirds to get the ball hot, you really had to put a move on it. Um, See, and that's that's kind of what my my rationale would be for it, it's like. It, going a step beyond just rolling the golf ball back because even with the golf ball back i mean with the with the drivers that we have now it's obviously great for guys like us but if you're as good as the guys in the pga tour are, shouldn't you have to actually put a really good move on the ball with the driver in order to be rewarded with a good shot doesn't that seem like at the professional level that should kind of be a requirement or at least hit one butter knife one iron around that also sounds <laughs> I, it, I, <laughs> just eliminate woods altogether on the PGA yeah. Tour. Oh, 
man. What a world. I got again, a lot of good lot of good tournament ideas. Again, Jay Monahan, if you're listening and you need a couple of deputy commissioners, we are available. <laughs> available. We we can be had at a pretty reasonable sum. I don't even I'm not greedy. I don't even need deputy. I'll just take like regional. Dude, we, we don't need like, we don't even need large <laughs> six figure salaries. I mean you 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 come if if you just come and, and double Dude. or triple, you know, our current uh, salaries, I, I think we can be had. And you let us eat in the players' tents. Oh, that I mean that 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 that's a big one for me. Also, sold. <laughs> yeah, but but booze, you know, complimentary booze in the tent is also required for me as well. I, I I don't operate well. A lot of these ideas do not come about uh, in a sober state of mind. So I, I'm going to need to be lubricated. Often. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, oh, I. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's really fascinating. It uh, it will be very interesting to see what the RNA and the USGA come up with in the next year in terms of uh. So, what, the solution that they are going to propose in order to fix this "quote unquote" distance problem, um, shit, man. All I know is, like I said, as long as I don't take the distance away from uh, Daryl's like you and me, I think we're going to be okay. I can't afford to lose any more distance, Kyle. <laughs> Just don't. Take, I can't afford I, it. I only have so little. Don't take it away from me. Um, <laughs> don't, uh, don't take everything from don't me. Don't take it, please. Oh, okay. Well. You know what's yeah, not? No, there is. If, if you're taking more distance from me, then you're finding a way to get get me some hair back on the top of my head. <laughs> USGA, coming from coming from a guy who's balder than me, Mike Davis. Mike I Davis. get it, Mike. I know you feel wronged. I've gotten over it. You got to get over it. <laughs> Don't take away my distance, Mike. Uh, it's uh, fucking incredible. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, from Mike Davis, Mike is actually. I don't know how you know, how much of an input he has on what's taking place this upcoming weekend, boat. But uh, regardless, I, l- l- let's move on right here. Uh, the, there was a tournament Segway? happening at your former uh, your former Segway? place of you know in, I, I don't know what you call it place of employment internship. Both. I mean, I would say I would say uh, growth. Yes, my my biggest four month place of growth. I like that a place where yeah. you got to do a lot of growth, a yep. lot of growing. Um, Pebble Beach Golf Links, along with Monterey Peninsula Country Club and Spyglass Hill, are going to be hosting this weekend's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, formerly the Crosby Clam Lake. And uh, Boat, this is... Great this weather. Is, this is Great a, weather. Oh, it's just such a great tournament, man. I, I'm so fucking stoked. Great uh, weather leading up to it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for them because sometimes they just get absolute shit weather. They really do. I mean, and that's the... And that, it just ruins it for... I mean, it's such a special event with all the celebrities and and uh, professional athletes and it's a it's a bigger pro field because they've got three courses in the rotation um some local guys get a start that might not if it was uh, under a different format so it's it's just special on top of the i mean the golf is top notch the views um the team aspect uh with your amateur playing partner it's one of my favorite events man yeah and uh i I'm, i got the weather report right here in front of me boat it's looking like thursday High of 59, sunny. Friday, high of 58, sunny. Saturday, high of 57, mostly sunny. Sunday, high of 59, sunny. There is only a 10% chance of precipitation on Thursday through Saturday at any point during the day. Well, I think that's, I mean, just about every day this time you're at the peninsula, they got to throw at least 10%. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, I saw some of the guys out there wearing beanies. I mean, if the wind's up a little bit, it can be a little bit cold. Oh, Um, yeah, I mean, it could definitely get chilly, but I think just the fact that we're, you know, we're looking at a a tournament where we should not be expecting rain. They're uh, playing it, playing it down. That's that's how it's it's, going to be awesome, man. It is going to be really, really awesome. Uh, So first question as as we're previewing this, all right, so, but w- w- what do you think about Monterey Peninsula Country Club 
you know, being part of the rotation here these past couple years, uh, having taken Poppy out when they were redoing the course. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, we don't get to see a lot of it. Um, you know, those of us that are lucky enough to have played either course at MPCC know that it's an immaculate property. You can literally putt it from 60 yards out. The practice facility is top notch. Um, it's gorgeous uh, everywhere, whether you're in the forest or out on the, out on the coast. But uh, with Poppy uh, being, you know, the home of the NCGA where a lot of us grew up getting to play at a really discounted rate, mm-hmm. um, it'd be nice to see Poppy back in the rotation. Um, I think the pros like MPCC just because because of the lack of traffic on it mm-hmm. during the 11 rest of the months of the year, Yes, um, that conditions are, I mean, if you did a poll, I think those guys would be like, yeah, let's. <laughs> let's try and get a tournament where we play there for four, yeah, right. for four <laughs> rounds because the conditions are that good out there yeah. and it is, it's immaculate. It, it really is. But, uh, for the rest of us, um, you know, pu- public golfers are growing up having played poppy. Uh, a lot of us uh, could, uh, you know, recognize similar shots, uh, that these pros are playing on TV. But, oh, I've been there before I hit a four iron, but he's hitting a nine iron. Uh, you know, that type of deal. It'd be really cool to see poppy Hills back in the rotation. I agree. And the, the only thing that I think would be better than seeing Poppy come back in is for them to put Cypress back in the rotation. That'll never happen. Uh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, man. So, shit. I, honestly, I've been so checked out here, you know, been uh, traveling and stuff like that last. Um, obviously, uh, what's the name? Webb Simpson come, coming in this thing yep. hot, fresh off a win. Yep. Um, you know, the Hawaii tournament's taking a bit. What, what what do you think of going into this weekend, brother? I mean, we got some pairings right here in front of us. You you want to shoot me some some guys you're looking at or or some pairings? You got a you know you got a lot of guys playing well. Webb Simpson is just absolutely rolling the rock. He's hitting it great, but he's rolling the rock. Um, Ricky, I would have liked to seen him play better. Uh, Where did he get off to the hot start? Um, and oh, the desert, uh, the desert. Mm-hmm. He he went like I think he was like fifteen under after the two rounds. Um, at the, at Phil's tournament, the American Express, um, and like we said, we want Ricky to have a good year. Um, this this field is you know it's a larger field. Uh, obviously, Dustin Johnson has had a lot of success here, winning back to back years. Phil's had a ton of uh, success. Um, and Phil, you know, did you see what Phil said today about possibly getting a special invite to the Open? Uh, no. The U.S. Open. Oh. Um, he's like, if I get a special exemption into the U.S. Open, I'm not taking it. He's like, I need to qualify through that either at the 36 hole or uh, in points. Wow. Uh, he said he would not take a special exemption invite to the U.S. Open from the USGA. What a stud. Yep. I, I got I to gotta love that. Um, and then, uh, you know, speaking more about, you know, Kurt Kitayama is playing this week at Pebble because yes. it's an extended field. He got a sponsor's invite. Um, our good buddy Ben Peters uh, was out there doing a lot of work well, the golf hawk uh was doing a lot yes, of sir. uh powerful photography a lot of photography out there today and uh he, I, he, he had a, he had a tag on a photo uh from unlv and i i immediately messaged him asterisk uh chico from chico <laughs> uh come on golf hawk um <laughs> but uh, even david duvall is playing this week it was like uh seven eight years ago when he was coming back off the back injury and the vertigo he just had like an out of nowhere second place finish i forgot who won that week <coughs> but that was fantastic he's always been one of my favorite players uh you're gonna get a lot of those players 
past champions, past favorite uh, players in this field, and that what's ma- that's what makes this this field so great. There's a lot of young talent. Uh, Brandon Wu's playing there from Stanford. I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Bramlett's playing. I'm sure uh, Celinda from UNLV's playing. Um, JJ actually messaged me um, early this morning saying he saw our old coach and teammate at Scottsdale last week. Um, and, uh, I, I think I would assume Colin's playing this week. He didn't actually say if he's playing or not, but, uh, being a Calgary, I would assume Morikawa is playing this week. Um, it's fun. I just love it, man. Love it. I, I do as well, man. It really, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. There's a lot of good ball strikers out there this year. We got, I mean, this year, obviously, as always, you know, Huey Lewis is in the field. Uh, you know, obviously, Bill Murray is a staple yep. there. You know, freshly retired Eli Manning playing with Kevin Chappell all week. How about Very that? Very cool. In fact, Very I think cool. Peyton and Eli are playing this weekend. I saw Rogers is there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Obviously, Tony Romo and Jim Furyk. I, I got to tell you, that's that's quite a formidable duo. Yeah, it is. Ro- I mean, Romo, obviously, everybody knows he's got game. Furyk. Yeah. Kelly Slater's got game two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No glove, natural look. D- DJ playing with his like s- sort of non legal father in law and the great one, which is awesome. Yep. Awesome. Uh, I think I did. I see like in a. I think I saw in a press release. Macklemore is making his PGA uh, tour debut. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <The> guy, <laughs> oh, Seattle's finest getting out there. I you know I I got to tell you that the star power once again going to be strong. I mean Boomer Chris Berman's playing. I think I see Justin Verlander on here somewhere. It's just uh, this is a really fun event, man. It's it's just fun to see all these uh, just the you know just the amount what about of Ray? celebrities. Is, uh, oh. is Ray, Ray trying to make oh, the cut Ray, again? Ray, Ray is absolutely. I'm looking at him right here. Ray tees off on Thursday at Spyglass with his partner Michael Giglich. Gil Gilgich, Giglich, Gilgich. Perfect. Uh, yeah, man. This, this, oh, and actually, you know what? You know who he's paired up with? Apologies so Michael, to Michael if we absolutely yeah, butchered Michael that. And, uh, Michael and Ray have actually been paired up for all three days with none other than Sebastian Kaplan, who I'm not familiar yeah. with, unfortunately. He's been hot the last couple weeks. Okay, so Sebastian Kaplan Getting is... Getting out to good starts. He, he is paired with none other than Lawrence the Cable Guy. Feeling nice. very good. Feeling very good. Oh, that's going to be a great foursome. Oh, that is going to be great. Yeah, and then right in front of them, they got Steve Stricker and Toby Keith, Jason Perfect. Duffner and Colt Ford. God, this is nice. They're, they're pairings this year. They are absolutely. They've crushing. always been fantastic at pairings. God, yeah. The, the the folks that put on this, the the Monterey Peninsula Foundation, um, they they are dude, the best. At they it. they put on such a great tournament. This is such a fun. Oh, we should probably yeah. We should go on a little tangent here. Yeah, please. So those of you going, don't forget that you don't have to buy the concession food uh, and pay through the, through the, through the roof prices. Mm. If you're at pebble, walk through the gates, walk past the putting green, past the shops, go up the steps across the street to the pebble beach market. Yes. It is supermarket prices. Get a bottle of white wine for $12. Get a deli sandwich for eight bucks. Little known gem. I think, and I, the I will Pebble say this: Beach Market. They have redone it recently, and it is much nicer. And I do believe sandwiches have now been elevated up into the ten dollar range. It's still better <laughs> than paying twelve for a hot dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, no that, that that is that is a pro tip. If there Six ever was packs one. of beers, regular prices. I mean, it might be ten or eleven dollars, but not twelve dollars a beer. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, the Pebble Beach Market. No, that's a great. Actually. 
By the way, I, I'm just looking at the pairings right now. I got a, an update for you. Kurt Kitayama and Brandon Wu playing in the same group. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Brandon Wu saw play, that. playing with a fellow Stanford grad, none other than Augusta National member Condoleezza Rice. No. Yes. Yes. Who is who is Kitty uh, Almost partner? Do you recognize uh, the last name? Uh, Andrew Wilson. I'm not familiar. I, I don't know who that is off the top of my head. Neither am I. But yeah, Kurt Kitayama and Andrew Wilson paired with Brendan Wu and Condoleezza Rice teeing up oh, at Spyglass if, at 9.30 on Thursday. I, why can't Condi run for president? <laughs> that uh, that Faraday episode, I was just like, oh. Just enthralled. A fan. Absolutely enthralled. Yeah. She's awesome. I mean, dude, I mean, she's got a membership, what, at Augusta... Cypress, Pine Valley to start. I mean, the lady just loves golf. I, for that reason alone, she she gets my respect. She's awesome. I would follow that group. I would follow that group around all three days. Hopefully they make the cut. Also, I wanted to put this on your radar boat. The professional golf's foremost Natty Light enthusiast is in the field this week. Smiley is on the board. Oh, come on, Smiley. Smiley. Paired with uh, former US Am champion Doc Redman, no less. So Smiley Kaufman and Rob Light, along let's with Doc go, Redman. Let's and- go get Smiley a maid cut. God, oh God, he just needs it so bad. Speaking of light beer, did you see Phil Mickelson is now sponsored by a beer company? I saw that. It, I saw somewhere that he was due to a beer ad, but I am unfamiliar Amstel with Light. Great Amstel commercial. Light. Really? Great huh. commercial. I would have. I would have uh, thought. Well, is that the same parent company as Michelob? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I was gonna say he he, he does seem like he'd be the kind of guy pitching ninety five calorie Michelobes. Michelob long, Ultras. long time tour sponsor. Wow. Okay. Powerful. Oh yeah. That that, that is phenomenal. Yeah. The the, the folks you know, the, the the Pacific Coast. Uh, you remember know, beer in companies, the remember in the bar at Bennett Valley, the old bar, like the, the old bar. Yeah, it was the rest, one of my favorite places. Butter. I, I I was never twenty one years old while that bar existed, and I was sad about. I'm I'm still sad to this but day. You about still that. even when you went in and ordered, you know, after after the after the restaurant shut down, when you go get a soda when you're making the turn, yes, or late in the afternoon or a Gatorade, um, you always saw the old Michelob PGA Tour uh, lights. Hell yeah! You never saw Bud Light or Coors Light. It was always Michelob. Hmm. Long time tour sponsor. Good for good on you, Michelob. That's so great. Do you think if, as like a seventeen or eighteen year old, if I had just asked Nikki to grab me a beer, do you think she would have done it? No. Okay. Yeah, she doesn't. No. She's she very wouldn't. very sweet, but she played by the rules. She, she, yeah, she played by the rules. Um, because when that maybe like two years, I had of uh being twenty one of, 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 of the rusty putter being twenty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned 21 in 2004. That's about right. And then yeah. they started. Then they started the new the new pro shop. Yeah, that's about right. I had probably had 18 months to two years of uh, of legal drinking in the in the rest Potter. God, what a great bar. God, that was that bar was. I mean, not that oh the golden tea, the pool table that slanted. I know, we're, we're, we're going to some very so very deep. You know, driving range. Yeah, we're going to some deep Benna Valley. Uh, some deep Benna Valley talk here. But man, that old bar was so great man i i great burger the the remember the lady that used to open the gate in the mornings when we still had to lock the gate out front mm-hmm. there'd be like 15 people in line because that's how you get your tea time for next weekend right God, right so awesome and it, the gate wouldn't open until and she always took a cab but she stopped 
at Crystal's to get the dozen of donuts for the restaurant. <laughs> so she would show up with a dozen Crystal's donuts, unlock that gate. Bob or Jim or Flackman would be right there to open. It was typically Flackman. Flackman used to open seven days a week. Um, it's incredible. That's <laughs> good. Just uh, oh boy, just getting the getting the getting the memories flowing here. But yeah, that that oh. restaurant was so great. I, I think I, what I'm what I'm sensing right now, but is I think we actually need to do like a full on like two hour long like thirty for thirty like you know Bennett Valley you know you podcast when at some point. You used to walk in and they had the handicaps posted on the left and in the oh, Rolodex. Yeah. Absolutely, was your 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 handicap sticker that you would put on the back of? Do you remember that thing we'd have like? You'd get a year's worth of stickers. Yeah. On <laughs> like I mean, you couldn't even get it in your wallet. Back of my NCGA card, it was great. <laughs> but it was so cool <laughs> on those old NCGA computers. You could see what everyone shot that day, and then it had like low round of the day, and then it would show like low handicaps at the club. Fuck, I miss that. Technology man. has gone backwards well, that's with what I mean. the like, NCGA. I, I feel as like far as all, that. all that kind of stuff almost made the golf course like more of a community because you kind it of was, were... dude. It was so cool. Yeah, shit. Not 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 to say that Legends isn't awesome. Legends yeah. is great. Yeah, uh, but mm-hmm. man, yeah, that, that the old yeah. What, 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 I'm sorry. What, what, what's the name you refer to the old bar as? The Rusty Putter. God, it's so awesome. God, the Rusty. The Putter. Rusty Putter. Do you remember out back? It had like one one of those plastic picnic tables and like three lawn chairs. Oh, I did. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you? It was totally on uneven ground. Like people oh, no. would go out there and smoke. <laughs> and I remember, like once a week, I'd be walking down to the range with two buckets of balls, and someone would just timber. They went through plastic chairs out there, like. Like, like, like candy corn. I mean, it's just classic. God, I'm, I'm emotioning right now that if we ever, if we ever change the name of this podcast, can we change it to the Rusty Putter? I think that would be great homage. Okay, perfect. Yeah, perfect. All right, man. Uh, let's see. Any other uh, Pebble notes that uh, you you want to hit on boat? No, God. If you, if you're on the fence about going, just do it. Oh, just uh, yeah, 100. percent Could could not agree more. All right, just do it. With that in the rearview mirror, boat. Before we wrap this thing up here. Yeah, you've had two weeks, my man. Yeah, let, 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 let's go to tales from the clubhouse. What what do you got for us? Well, you just recently, uh, yesterday, Kyle, uh, grown grown ass man. Uh, <laughs> I I'm gonna say almost maybe 65. Um, walks in and goes, hey, is there any chance I can borrow a putter? Uh, you know, I'm out of town and with my brother, and I just want to roll roll a few putts with them. And I go, no problem. And I, you know, I, I hand him this putter that was somehow in the lost and found. Uh, that turned in. I don't, know, I don't know how you lose a putter. Maybe it was left. Maybe it was left for dead. But uh, it was just a, a normal, uh, probably thirty-five inch uh, mallet style putter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a might have been an Odyssey or something. A little bit older, older, uh, almost like a Rossi. Yeah, uh, Odyssey, Rossi, great putter. And uh, I hand it to him, and he goes, uh, um, actually, do you got like a blade, like 35, 36 inches?" <laughs> and I go, "Seriously." <laughs> And he goes, yeah, I, I'm a blade guy, and I just I'm walking back to the, I'm walking back to storage, just going, there's no way this guy's serious right now. Like I'm, I'm like I just go seriously. He goes, well, yeah, 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 I need a blade, and I go back there, and of course, so Bob's clubs are back there, and uh, and, and and you know Jim's a big blade guy too. Had the Arnold Palmer. Uh, I'm not taking those out of their bags. No, so. I find this old, I don't even know what it was, but it wasn't a mallet. And I go, this is, this is the closest thing I got to a blade. He goes, I guess it'll have to work. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you want to putt with your brother and not share one putter, it's, I mean, you're not leaving me with a lot of options here, guy. <laughs> but I was just, 
goes, you got a blade like 35 or 36 inches. <laughs> I was wishing he was going to say left-handed because then I would have just lost my shit. But <laughs> I was kind of hoping he was going to go 35 and a half inches specifically. I just, I just, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got something with a, it would have been funny if he goes, you got something with a little bigger grip back there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let me put one on for you, pal. Considering you're not spending any, any money here. Um, I was just absolutely dying. The guy's got no, he's got no chips and he's just bluffing, bluffing. And I, I the, the, the seriously, just like I was, I was blown away. Like it wasn't like seriously. It was like, seriously, like I was just like, Oh, okay. Let's, uh, let's roll out the red carpet here. Uh, and I, I mean, it, I, I, I would have loved to actually like handed the guy a 36 inch 8802 and just seen his reaction. Is, but I was just, I was like, seriously. I'm kind of surprised <laughs> he didn't ask if he, if you had a uh, like a sleeve of Pro V ones you could borrow. Yeah, or to demo a hat or some yeah. shoes or something. <laughs> uh, I was, I started cracking up. And the best part, Kyle, is oh, the guy should not be using a blade. I saw the punny stroke. I saw the punny stroke, and it was like from zero to sixty at impact. <laughs> and I just, I was cracking up. I'm like. Okay, if the guy was buttery, then yeah. If you're really into it, make me go out of my way to find the the, the, the putter has nothing to do with the outcome of the putt. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was hard to watch. Uh, so that crazy. was, I took to social media with that one. That one, I had to. Um, I had to do it. Um, I, I think I think that is. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. That's, that was that's so good. That was yeah. It was it was it was fun, fun for me. And who maybe he was grinding because him and his brother were out there for like ninety minutes. <laughs> I kept checking to make sure the guy didn't run away with my putter. <laughs> oh god damn it! That's phenomenal. That was oh, great. Both that really, is really good stuff. That is quite literally about as amazing of a note to end on that as i could have possibly imagined that is really it was it was it was really good it, it, it got me th- it got me through the end of the day for sure god that is phenomenal my friend oh wonderful uh well on that note and, and anything else to add that you want to share with our uh our delightful listeners before we uh we, we bid them goodbye for this week go play golf the weather so good, is i mean just remember how bad it was last year guys a round not played is a round lost forever. I could get your not. ass to the golf course. Oh, well said. On that note, everybody, go play some golf. If you're not going to play golf, at least go watch some golf. We've got an yeah. amazing tournament in our backyard here on the Monterey Coast. I mean, the best. better place to spend a weekend. The best. Unbelievable. All right. On that note, everybody, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. And until then, adios. Adios.